Welcome to another episode of the Southern Gentleman's Podcast. I am Torthel Robinson. And I am once again the amazing, notorious manager of the year, El Rico. El Rico, everybody. <laughs> I kept it short tonight. What it do? What it do? How was your weekend? Oh, man. Let me tell you, man. It was great. Got a chance to get out this weekend, man, and promote, man, for the YouTube. Just doing really, really well. I shot the same video similar to how I shot in Vegas with you. We actually have something here in Pensacola called Gallery Night. So I was able to take my clients, man, and my little production team, bro. It was so much fun just going out there. Anybody get a chance, go to the YouTube channel, man, Notorious Motai Show Productions and check it out. It's hilarious, man. You'd be amazed how people don't know fourth grade trivia. <laughs> man. Americans. Hey, I mean, listen, fourth grade trivia, though, like, you got to understand something. What's what, that? Like, are we on a different level? Like, there's certain <laughs> things that fourth graders are on that I'm not on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I don't care to necessarily win or get fourth grade trivia right. You know what I mean? Because if I go to a fourth grade, I'm going to be like, all right, so uh, tell me about your portfolio. Did you diversify your assets? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, you know, my biggest fear, man, my biggest fear is to one day have King, man, get to like third or fourth grade and he comes home. He's like, dang, you help with my homework? <laughs> and I go like, uh, uh, Siri, Google, <laughs> get his boy the answers. <laughs> but you know what, though? Like, this is something, I, you know, before we get into our topics, it's something oh, yeah. that that something that our community doesn't really do. Some people do and some people don't, but your brain, you always have to treat it like a garden. You always have to plant seeds. You always have to be curious. You always have to be learning. You know, like there's a lot of books that I've listened to. There's a lot of books that I read. Like I'm an avid reader. I'm always looking to learn something. And Mm -hmm. so like our community needs to, reading is cool. Back in the day, you know, like it was like reading is for squares. No. Readings for those of us who don't want to be stuck in yesterday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And two things to piggyback off of that, man. So if you ever go to get a chance to go to Cassidy Robinson, okay, in Vegas, Cassidy Robinson is his Tortell's uh, mansion that he got. He lived in. Man, talk to uh, look here. <laughs> you ain't never going to say you ain't got nothing to read in that house. Because look here, that man got some books for you. Some books that you're going to leave there like feeling like you just graduated college, like with an MBA. Oh, man, listen, always. I've always had that habit. So once yeah. I got out the military and just like unlearning all the stuff that they taught us in school and then mm-hmm. like really seeing this world for what it really is, you got to keep your brain sharp. You know, like these bodies, like, man, you know, 10 years ago I was in the gym. I mean, I'm still in the gym, but I'm not like I was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was like morning workout and then evening workout. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, uh, let me get an hour, four yeah. days a week. You maintain it. Like you hit your peak. You've got the muscle mass that you wanted. Because I know you said back when you was younger, you were frail. You was frail, kind of skinny. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I know now, and I've seen you, you know, I said you've gained the muscle mass that you want. So all you got to do really just maintain it. Like, you're in the maintain phase now. Yeah, and that's it. Listen, I'm not playing on Sunday. I'm not out here about to bust my whole ass out here. You know, like uh, little Rico, you know, like, hey, I'm going to let you have it, buddy, Robert. Let's play some chess. (laughs) You, know, you might get me on the field, but let's play some chess, you know? Yeah. I have about yeah. 10 moves on you, you know? <laughs> so whatever I can't make up physically, I'm mm-hmm. always be able to make it up here mentally. Yeah. yeah. And real quick, I want to give a shout out, man, to, to my third grade teacher, Mrs. Ferguson, man, over at Spencer Bibbs Elementary. 
Look here, man. She had a program called the Book It Program. The Book It Program was real big here in Florida. I don't know if y'all had that in Arkansas. No. But the Book It Program, you go to class, I go to school, and if you read a book, they give you a star to put on your little badge that went on your, you know, your, your chest or whatever. And if you filled them, got all five stars, you get a little piece of her, little small little pizza. Oh, yeah, we had that. It was called a Book It Program for us. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't call it Book It. You know? Yeah, they call it Book It. What y'all uh, called it? Man, I don't know. Get I, some pizza. I got the pizza, you know what I mean? But it was like, uh, yeah, I'd rather play, though. After yeah. you get the pizza, it's like, this is not rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> I done read all of these books I didn't want to read, and I get this small this small pizza. No, nah, fam. Hey, that little pizza used to be the ball back in the day, though. <laughs> yeah, back I ain't gonna in the lie. Day. Yeah, back hey. in the day. Back in the <laughs> hey, day. Hey, I be sitting at my brother's eating my little boogie pizza, and they just like, man, we have a liver. <laughs> Shout <laughs> <laughs> no. out Miss Ferguson, man. Spencer Bibbs Elementary. Stand up. You know what yet. She's still teaching? No, no, no. Miss Ferguson, man. She she definitely I seen her at church when I was out promoting, like maybe about five, six years ago. But Miss Ferguson, man, that was that was my one of my favorite teachers right there from elementary. I got you. I got yeah. you. Shout out to her, man. No doubt. No doubt. Well, let's get this thing crack lacking. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. So what what are your thoughts on interracial dating? Thoughts on interracial dating, man. Um, coming from the South, being fully immersed in the South, okay? And when I say the South, I mean, like, a lot of people say South, they consider North Carolina, South Carolina to be the South. They, you know, Memphis the South. No, nah, no, nah, I mean, I'm talking about the real South. Yeah. Where I can That's throw a rock. U-F South. Yeah, they, there yeah. you go. You know, where I can literally throw a rock and hit Alabama, where basically it's just a short little drive, like driving up the street to get to Mississippi. Mm. And I had to sound that out phonetically, so I wouldn't sound like, but I am a Southern gentleman, but oh, yeah. Mississippi. That's how Mississippi. we say it. Mississippi. Mississippi, yeah. <laughs> we get a couple of S's. There's too many S's in that word, Oh, yeah, it definitely all. is. Definitely is. But just being this close, man, to, and being immersed in this world of the South that I'm in, man, we were taught growing up that it wasn't cool to date outside your race. It wasn't looked down upon, but it was kind of, it's taboo the world I'm looking looking for a taboo. taboo absolutely. Yeah, taboo. If you yeah. see it with a white girl, like, oh wow, Ooh, you got you a white one. Ooh. You know, it was like that. Like in school, brother, I dropped names. So Emmett Smith, little brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Emery. Uh Emery. Uh, even Emil. All of them dated white girls. And all us, you know, the rest of the you know, brothers walking around school, you know, we was like, oh man, you got him a little white, got a white girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, you would always see that, but you didn't really talk about it out loud. Because, first of all, that's Emmett Smith's brother. He can do whatever he wanted to do. I mean, come on, yeah. He untouchable. Untouchable, <laughs> especially in Pensacola. Yeah, yeah, especially in Pensacola. Yeah. Especially in Pensacola. But to be, like, out in public, you know, at that time, in the you know 90s when I was in high school, the 90s, early 2000s, it was like, oh, man, like, people look at you, especially the older people would look at interracial dating as, like, Mm, oh, you know, like that, you would feel uncomfortable. For me personally, I never stepped out and dated, you know, dated Latino women, other women like that, but never an actual Caucasian woman. And it's something, man, where it's like now, from that time, the early 90s and 2000s, it was like that. But now, in 2022, bro, that's all you see. Yeah. I mean, it's no longer taboo no more. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's the norm. Yeah. It's the norm. So the way I feel about it is, if it makes you happy, you do you. You do you, as always. You know, do you. Don't worry about nobody else. Say, I know for me, myself, man, like I said, hey, I don't never judge nobody else's relationship. If you're happy with what you got, 
be happy with what you got. And that goes for any type of relationship, people. Let me say, for any type of relationship. So people won't think that, you know, we that type of show. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no if doubt. it makes you happy to do that, then yeah. you do you. Yeah. I got no problem with it. Yeah. All right? So, yeah, the way that's how I feel about interracial dating, man, to sum it up. I mean, I hate to be like that song. I've been around the world and man, I've I've dated all types of women. Like yeah. not not even necessarily put myself out there, but you know, mm-hmm. I've hit all the regions of Africa, north, south, west, and east. East all the Kanye kids, huh? All the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've dated women from Europe, Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. London, Russia, wow, many parts of Asia, South America. Man, listen, the the whole world. Just checking my clock because you was you was taking up the whole show. Oh come on, man, stop it! <laughs> I mean, listen, mm-hmm. I don't see color. I don't see like you can learn something outside mm-hmm. of our limited culture. And when I say limited, it's what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's especially in, as an African American, it's like what you got BET, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, or Power. So you learn dealing with different people. You know, like there's people that look just like us. Same situation, same predicament in South America, in Brazil. Mm-hmm. The only difference is they speak Portuguese and they're a little bit more Afrocentric than us here in America. Like they still have the festivals and stuff like that. Same people. You might see an El Rico walking down there and he's speaking Portuguese. You get what I'm saying? But the world is, it's more to it. And I, yeah, growing up in the South, you only used to black and white. And then you mm-hmm. get outside of that and you know, like, and one thing in our community, in black community, we don't necessarily compliment each other as much as we should. You know what I mean? Like, we roast each other. I got more compliments from other races than I, than I have my own. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not the type of person that just because you date outside of your race, you know, like you, you're a sellout or mm-hmm. that's all you date. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different, oh, in the Middle East too. Uh, I forgot to add that into my, but just because, you know, like I, man, I've dated, I date black women, white women, Hispanic women, Asian women. I, like, I don't have a preference when it comes to certain things like that. Uh, I do have a preference when it comes to like intellect. Are you a good person? You get what I'm saying? Like, are you ambitious? Because I am not going to sit and die with you. I'm not going to sit and rot and, and let my, like, I'm not going to do that. Especially, you know, when it comes to like even fitness, you know what I mean? Like, it's a lifestyle. It's like today, I didn't want to go to the gym, but I still went. You know what I mean? It's more of a, it's a lifestyle. So yeah, when it comes to it, like I don't, I don't really care what you date. You can like whatever you you want to like. Just don't come to me judging me about what I'm doing, and don't mm-hmm. try to put what you want on me because I'm not gonna like you. Yeah, I got you. So, and just kind of jumping back on the whole, you know, situation as far as the prejudice and things of that nature, man. You know. I believe everybody is entitled to their own opinion about, you know, what they want in this world because you only get one shot on this rock we call Earth. So sure. if your choice is to be with Portuguese woman, man, that's you. Do you? Do choose you. happiness. It's, yeah. Choose, choose your happiness. own happiness. It's not It's not about other people's opinion. I've gotten out of the business of people's opinion. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, it's none of my business what other people think about me. So it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Love me or leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. where I met with it, and it, and it's, it was it reminds me of a movie. I don't know you probably seen it. Yeah, a movie kind of sort like me. It's called Shallow Hell. Okay. Shallow Hell. That was Jack old. That's old yeah, yeah. Great movie, right? Great movie. Yeah. And remember Shallow Hell? They had to mess his vision up because all the bigger women he seen them as skinny women. All the ugly women became fire women. Yeah. 
But at the end of the day, it's in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is. What's beautiful and what's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for me, growing up, being in high school, there was always this group of girls who were the hot girls, you know, yeah. that every guy wanted to be with. But then there was always that group, you know, all them girls that just sat alone and never had all the attention and things of that nature. And if you watch life, which I know you're a life observer like me, if you watch life, those girls that sat alone are now running the world. Those girls that nobody wanted to be with are the ones that's pretty much Instagram, you know, like just tearing it up and you looking at like, that's what she was. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always look at that, man. I always look at that because I know I'm a guy that's like that. I'm a guy that's like that. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Late bloomer. Oh, late bloomer, bro. Listen, I can't even grow a full beard. Okay. Still can't grow a full beard. I could right. never tell. If you never said that, I would have never been able to tell. I mean, listen, I can grow a little bit, you know what I mean? But as far as like the Rick Ross, I'm probably not going to get that until I'm in my 50s, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I just don't think that it's, <laughs> I don't think it's a thing, you know what I mean? If you're dreaming, uh, you can achieve it, my brother. Just keep man, dreaming. It. Talk to him. <laughs> so we've dealt with a lot of different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. We've dealt with a lot of people who are opportunistic. I don't have a problem with the person taking advantage of opportunities in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. We've been in a room with people who are, we've had a meeting one time and you've kind of seen a lot of people showing the ugly side of them, right? Yeah. We don't deal with those people, by the way. Uh, I don't, I don't deal with those people. But in the world of so many opportunities, how do you handle like a thirsty personality? Whew, man, a thirsty personality. How do I handle them? Mm-hmm. People like that, man. It's ah, oh, man. That's the that's them people, man. Like I got a couple people that that roll with me. I used to roll with me mm-hmm. that are like that, and those are the ones that almost I don't feed them. You know, everything off the table they want to eat. I only give them portions, just enough to keep them satisfied, but not full. Because when they thirsty. And especially if they had negative type of thirst and they trying to take from you, trying to get everything from you, and they just trying to leech and grab, just kind of like feed them little, little, little bits, just enough to make them like snacks. Yeah. But I ain't finna fix them a full plate. You said enough to wet their beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough to wet their beef, but they just be like, you know, they ain't gonna be all like, man, I want more, I want more. No, give them a little bit, make them think they're getting somewhere. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they really not, man. I take that whole, uh, that whole Tariq approach, you know, Tariq from all uh, ghosts. I take that approach, you know what I mean, where I make you think you winning, but you're really not. I make you think that you leeching on and you're getting something, but you're really not. So, yeah, that's that's my take. I mean, it kind of goes back to one of the topics that we talked about last week, because mm-hmm. what was the topic we talked about? Like a snake in the grass. Usually these people oh, yeah. are kind of snakes in the grass, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like once I acknowledge, like, okay, this person is exactly who I thought they were, then it's game on from there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of time. You know, like, I'm really just sharpening my tools with some of these people. It's learning lessons, right? But when it comes to, like, guys being around women, and again, we talked about this before, you know, people come out here, they want to hang out, we'll be at the bar, and then they see these attractive cocktail waitresses, and, you know, like, they shoot, they have to shoot their shot. And it's just like, mm-hmm. logic says that this person has gotten hit on probably a hundred yeah. to a thousand times yeah. today, you know, in one day. So <laughs> it's being able to see the forest for the trees. It's like people get around certain situations, don't know how to act. They don't know how to act in public. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. 
I call those types of behaviors out to the mm-hmm. point where by the time when I keep calling them out, like eventually they'll want to get away from me because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, snap. I just unveiled a character flaw mm-hmm. like that they didn't know or somebody didn't necessarily explain it. And I'm just like, no, you thirsty AF, right? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. the action that you made, that's thirsty, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's, that's that's just how I handle that. Yeah. And I think everybody needs to understand there's a difference between um, leeches and snakes. There's a difference, okay? Like I said, with the snitch, uh, the leeches, they're actually, they're coat riders, okay? They're the ones that just want to ride your coattail all the way to the top. They're not necessarily dangerous. They're not venomous, okay? But they just want to latch on to you. So that way, when you blow up and the girls can't get you, <laughs> And they at the hotel room, they knocking outside the door trying to get in, and you don't want to be bothered. That's when the leech gets to get a chance to get them a snack, get a chance to eat. You feel what I'm saying? But a snake is different. A snake is the one that don't even don't want to see you make it. The snake is the one that, that's that's trying to take in pretty much take your place, or either just have you stop you from doing whatever you're doing. So, America, everybody that's listening, please understand the difference between a leech and a snake because there is a big difference. There I've is. had leeches around me. And leeches have hung around for a while with me because I know what you're doing. You, I mean, come on, you picking up my scraps. That's what you're doing. That's right. what you do. And that don't really hurt me. That don't hurt me at all because you're not affecting my moves. You're not all you're doing is catching process. my table scraps. Right. But them snakes is the ones that, yeah, they want to sit at your meeting and then hijack it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they want to take everything you got and take your material and take everything you're doing. Yeah. That's a snake. Yeah. And again, those types of people, it's like once I acknowledge that that's what they are, they're not going to get anything else from me. They're going to smuggle their own self. They're going to smuggle themselves out dealing with me. And so I just let it be what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's a learning lesson. You know what I mean? You don't lose people. You learn lessons. You Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. therefore, when you are put in a situation, because everybody's always trying to like this book that I'm I'm re-listening to. I've mm-hmm. re-listened to this book at least five times, uh, The 48 Laws of Power. I've listened to it twice. Well, I've listened to it multiple times, but I've read it twice. It's like 450-something pages or whatever. But it just mm-hmm. talks about the different personalities when it comes to, you know, like how people are always trying to position themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But understanding how people move and learning and watching and seeing how people really move, that book allowed me to see certain people for what they are and like hold them in that same position. Because if you mm-hmm. really notice, everybody that's tried to play me, in the long run, mm-hmm. they smoke themselves out. There was nothing that ties us together. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no content that we've done together. There's nothing with their name attached to my name. You know what I'm saying? They can say that they they know me or whatever they, they connected with me. But as far as like actual factuals, when it comes to that, when it comes down to that copyright, mm-hmm. they're not on it. Mm-hmm. You know, the LLC, the name is not on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's people that we've already discussed. You know, we're not going to drop names or any, anything like that. Yeah. But we already know those types of personalities. They ain't getting nothing from me. Yeah. They ain't getting nothing from you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Hey, yeah, it is what it is on that. I tell you, bro, it's like, it's draining. It's almost like it's a never-ending battle because you're always going to run across people like that. No matter how high up you get in this business, 
no matter what level you are on, uh, even being a little minuscule level of the beginner level of being an entrepreneur or a businessman, I mean, you can't escape it. There will always be those types of people in your life, man. And it's all about how you handle it. It's all about how you handle it, man. So, yeah. yeah. What you got over there? Man, well, speaking of that, straight up, man, is Kanye a victim? Is he a victim? I mean, yeah, is he a victim? I mean, I'm sitting here, man, and like, and don't get me wrong. I just watched a very, very interesting documentary. So I'm, I'm a newly reborn Kanye fan. Oh, but, man. Uh, me too. But I'm just saying, man, is Kanye a victim? I mean, look at the Grammys, man. The Grammys have just, they just blackballed him. It's blackballed. He can't even perform at the Grammys because Trevor Noah is, is he afraid for his life or some junk, I think? I mean, he's scared. I mean, because Kanye said something on Twitter. And <laughs> I mean, then, of course, you know, Kanye with the Kim K stuff, can't see his kids. I mean, it, is he a victim? Is Kanye West a victim? Yes. Well, let's start off by saying, okay, yeah, that same documentary that you watched, Genius, I've watched mm-hmm. too. And it yeah. made me a fan of his first three, three. albums. Yeah, right? first three. Now, Donda is nice. Give Donda a chance. Donda is nice, bro. And I didn't catch on to it till I watched the documentary and I said, let me download, let me listen to it on Apple. Bro, he has some of the most amazing melodic tunes. I mean, as far as like the beats he putting together. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, give Donda a chance, man. I've listened to it. Mm-hmm. I've listened to the whole thing, right? Yeah. This is where, here's my thing when it comes to, to Kanye West. Kanye. Can't, yeah, yay, or whatever the hell people want to call him. I think he hasn't been the same since his mother passed on. You know, like his bad decision choices. And I think that he is the kind of the guy that he really needed his mother in his life. And I think that when she left, he's been in kind of shambles ever since, ever, ever since 808 and heartbreaks, you know. Then you get with you get with a Kim Kardashian, and it's just like if you ever want to study a human being's how they move. Mm-hmm. Look at Kim Kardashian's track record. All right. Look at how she got in the game. Look at like what really blew the top, the lid off of her career mm-hmm. and everything you will see. There's trails. Okay. Like a logical male that is in the same air arena as Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. knows you hit it and then you leave. <laughs> you don't wipe that up mm-hmm. unless you are of the mindset of it's a power move, right? Like you going into this thing knowing like, okay, I know what she's about. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I'll benefit off of that. Yeah. You do not fall in love with this woman, okay? <laughs> you, you just don't. You enjoy the moment for what it is. Kanye West doesn't have the sense of that. He got with Kim Kardashian. It was more like watching a train wreck. Like we knew it was going to happen. We knew all of this was going to happen. And to the original question, is Kanye West a victim? Hell no, he's not a victim. He is not a victim, okay? Like, mm-hmm. I think that the Grammys have always been, they never really been for black folks anyway, all right? <laughs> but I think that the moves that he's made and then getting with Kim Kardashian, that was a foregone conclusion. I already knew. It was just a matter of timing when this was going to happen. We knew mm-hmm. him and Kim were going to get a divorce. And then she's probably going to keep him away from his kids. And there's going to be some. They grew up in two different worlds. He's trying to make a hoe into a housewife. 
honestly. <laughs> like he knew what he got himself into. We know what this woman is. We knew what she was before. So the fact, like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So no, he's not a victim. I think that he's a victim of his, e- his ego, if anything. <laughs> but no, he's not a victim. So I just need you to say the prosecution rests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he is not a victim. No. We find him guilty on all charges. All charges. <laughs> like, I mean, like I say, his insurance should be your fault. Okay. <laughs> that's what that's you know, he walked into that. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you can't really have pity for uh somebody worth six billion dollars. So no, I'm sorry. I mean dry his tears away with his billions of dollars, okay? Yeah, I mean you worth six billion, dude. I mean, I mean you, you might be a victim, but you might think you that, but you got six billion reasons what to did, be happy. Man, what did the notorious mm-hmm. Nino Brown say? What'd he say? Cancel that bitch. I'll buy me another one. That's true. That's true. That's what I mean. It is what it is. Like he Mm -hmm. has to move on. But like he is honestly like genius put a stock up and then his actions just bring it right back down. You know what I mean? Like his latest actions just it's like, man, those sucker moves, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I just wish somebody would really put a get a hold of him, you know, but (laughs) but it's so far gone. Like people have empowered him. So I yeah. just hope the best for him, honestly. Yeah. When when he lost that friendship with Jay, Jay-Z. Yeah. And they had a little falling out. Cause remember, they was on tour together. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? The um Watch the Throne. Yeah, Watch the Throne. And when that kind of went south, you kind of knew then if you stop respecting Jay-Z, you know then you don't respect nobody. No. Can't nobody tell you nothing, bro. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Jay-Z on. is the one who went to the NFL and said, Hey, we need to have a hip-hop halftime show. Yeah. But and Jay said, if you don't do it, I'm pulling out everything that I don't put into it. And that's how much power Jay-Z got. Kanye West had a song, You Can't Tell Me Nothing. So, I mean, yeah. it just is what it is, you know? Like, yeah. Poor rich kid. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But speaking of poor rich kids, this next one. Do you think Black History Month was created just to shut us up? Yeah. No question. No question. Uh, you didn't waste no time, no, no thought. Well, you man, just right into that one. Man, listen, let, come on, let's, let, let's let's talk about it, right? Like, everything about it is backhanded. Mm-hmm. It's the shortest month in the year. <laughs> All right? We talk about the same five black people, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're, they're always, you know, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. You don't really hear about Malcolm X. You hear about Malcolm X in the community. But not much. But you don't hear about it. In the, the schools are not teaching that. They okay. teach you about Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, Frederick Douglass, yeah. you know what I mean? We don't go no further than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they limit us as slaves or whatever. But, like, now, I mean, we're at a digital age, and now it's like, all right, like, they're really in our face, really just showing us what they really think about us, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I feel like Black folks in America, we're never going to do it, but I would wish that we all had the mindset to just be like, you know what? Let's stop empowering certain brands, certain people, and start mm-hmm. redirecting that money and that energy into entities that are for us, telling our story. Let, stop letting Hollywood tell our story. They're going to always make us slaves. Always, mm-hmm. always. They're always going to empower negative images of Black people. There's a reason why we're getting certain people all the damn time. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. some of the, the musicians, like, what is this music? Like, what is that? 
I don't even want to say certain people's names because I don't even want to give them any kind of energy. But mm-hmm. you listen to certain people, it's like, man, this this kid looked like he had special, like he was special needs, and they made him into a rapper. You, you get what I'm saying? And then all these kids are just walking around here looking like this, and it's like, no, that's a mental illness. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, so yeah, I think Black History Month is a joke. I think <laughs> that Black history is American history. Mm-hmm. Black history is world history. You can't tell the world story without Black folk, okay? Mm-hmm. You cannot tell uh, the story of America without Black people. And even before those Europeans came over to America and snatched this country from the natives, Black people and the Native Americans had a relationship before that. You don't hear about it. You know what I mean? Like I read a book and it was talking about Egyptian pharaohs who sailed across from Africa and like there's certain like the pyramids down in Mexico. It's kind of the same pyramids in Egypt. There was history, a lot of history before, but it's just like backhanded. It's offensive almost. It's like it's really offensive and it's sad to think about it. But yeah, Black History Month is a backhanded comment. It's offensive almost. Mm-hmm. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> and you know, they they give us one of the coldest months, which is ridiculous. The shortest and coldest month that they can think of February. They're like, wait, um, wait a minute, we gave you Juneteenth now. <laughs> Honestly, if we could, and if and somebody ever passed a bill. And they'd be like, okay, you know what? Y'all complained for umpteen amount of, you know, years. All these years y'all been complaining. So I tell you what, all y'all black people, y'all choose what month y'all want. We'll give you a new month. Y'all pick the month. What month you think black people are going to choose? They're going to pick the month that I was born. What's that? July. You know, I was going to say that too, because in July 4th, 1776, you know what happened on that day. Yeah. So why not give us July? Yeah. It's a great month, great weather. You can celebrate all month long. All it's right. The summer, kids are out of school. Yeah. So you don't got to worry about being taught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All yeah, that fake yeah. ESA teaching. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if any of our government officials are listening, black people would like the month move to July, if you could. Man, you know? yeah. We the delegation. We, we we like to like July. July, July, July. But yeah, I think that uh I think it's a joke. I, yeah. I do think it's a joke. And we just need certain people like all these old old heads that's in position or whatever. Like we just need them to just go on and just go on and fall off earth. OK, and we need to get in position and start. Yeah, that's what we're doing, bro. Like we are of the sound mind and just the consciousness to mm-hmm. change the way things were before, you know, mm-hmm. like teaching kids about entrepreneurship, buying a car, like the difference between an asset and a liability. A lot of people don't know that. Stocks and bonds, stocks and bonds, NFTs, <laughs> cryptocurrency. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know any of that. So, yeah, they better get on board because that's the way it's going, which leads me into my next thing. Where do you see the state of the world in exactly 10 years with the wars, religion, same sex marriages, financially and environmentally? Where right. do you see the state of the world in 10 years regarding, once again, with the wars going on, religion? same-sex marriages, financially and environmentally. Where do you see the world? 10 years now, not 20, not 15, not five. 10, 10 years. years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 10 years from now would be 2032? 2032. Damn. Another 20. two presidential, possibly, yeah, two presidential elections, maybe three going into our third. 
Man. So we're two years into this one, I think. Let's see. In 10 years, I see, well, it's going to be kind of hard. First of all, money, our money is going to be different. Financially. Okay. Currency is going to be different. Uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if certain countries change their whole, you know, cryptocurrency is just changing everything when it comes to, you know, how people are making money. And, you know, again, with NFTs, you have to buy NFTs with Ethereum. So there's so many different things that are playing in that. Uh, wars, I mean, 20 years ago, we were in a war that lasted 17 years almost or however many years it lasted. The wars are always going to be here. I think that they're not the same as they were taking over a country by brute force and all this other stuff. It's going to be some kind of digital or, I mean, hell, who's to say we didn't just go through biological warfare with, you know, COVID-19. But I feel like vehicles are going to be, eventually we're going to get off gas. We're going to have to get off gas. We got to. Uh, I think there's going to be more emphasis. I think this year with gas, I think car dealerships are going to kind of move into electric. I think we're going to move into more of an energy efficient. That's where we kind of got where we're in a sense of direction. We're heading in, in the direction of more energy efficient houses, energy efficient cars. When it comes to the same sex marriages, I think that, I mean, it's always kind of been that thing. But the only thing that I will say about just understand that it's not an ethnicity. Being a heterosexual is not an ethnicity. That's your sexual preference. And it's not an ethnicity. That's the first thing first. We, we have to communicate things a little bit better. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just think that- What about religion? Where do you see religion being there in the next 10 years? Well, that's funny that you ask that about religion. Me, I'm a very spiritual person, all right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in the church, but I've gotten away from religion. It's not knocking any religion or anything like that. I just don't like the fact of that, like the origin of it, like the, it's the word of God or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. God didn't come here and write that. It was inspired by God. I think that like if you look at a rule book at a job and you look at a Bible, there's certain things that the Bible has that a rule book has. And it's all to me for control. So in two um, years, you think? I think when, I mean, we got more information coming out. Religion has been here, what, thousands of years? It's not going anywhere. Like, people are still going to, you know, that's a big business, bro. It's not going anywhere. Hmm. Why you say that? What's your... All right. Let me see. Where do I start? So, with wars in 10 years... Honestly, I feel in 10 years, wars are going to be way worse than what we've experienced in our little time that me and you have had on this earth. I really think we experienced that recently, chemically, I think through COVID. I think it wasn't supposed to happen and it happened. And then they just couldn't put it back in the bottle. And that's just my opinion on that. Um, I think wars are going to be so just so messed up, okay, messed up that it's going to end up ruining our earth, man. It's going to ruin our earth. It's going to ruin everything that has tried to be beneficial uh, for this planet, which now going environmental for this planet to continue growth and evolving. And when the environment crumbles due to these wars, it's going to hurt us bad. I see the environment going to straight garbage. People just don't care anymore. The energy usage, not even thinking about the food we're throwing away, just not even thinking about how we're destroying the ozone. I mean, literally, man, I mean, the environment is is going to trash. It's going to trash, which is going to lead me into financial you know, ruin. 
financial ruin, man. I mean, you can't really grow this country and no country going to be able to grow when we're going to have so many issues going on where the shortage of food, the shortage of resources that we need to actually live and sustain life on this planet. Oxygen is going to get worse. I mean, you can have all the crypto in the world. And yes, I think the ones that are going to have the crypto are going to be the ones that's going to survive. I think the ones that actually have the money are going to be ones survive. Like Hollywood always gives us glimpses into the future, man. There was a movie called Total Recall. Okay, once again, my movie aficionado over there, he knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, watch Total Recall. Yeah. All right. Fourth nigga. Yeah. But yeah. it showed a world where, like, underground, I'm sorry, I hate to say it. That's where poor people gonna probably end up going. Yeah. They're gonna have to take and build something because I guarantee you, man, the rich people financially are gonna be gone. Yeah. They're gonna get on that Elon Musk spaceship and either they're gonna live up high or they're going to the moon. They're going somewhere else to live. Yeah. And it is going to be horrible financially, man. I mean, because if you ain't rich, you're not going to be able to survive. Yeah. And religion, bro, there will be no religion. Yeah. There'll be no religion. It's going to be straight chaos. Nobody's yeah. going to believe in nothing but themselves. And the ones that do believe will be a small group, a small group of people who still have faith that things are going to turn around and they believe in something. But this world's going to go to hell, bro. It's going to get bad before. And I hate to be sound like the doom and gloom on this podcast boy, right now. Boy, but I just, like the, the question was posed, well, I see the state of the world in 10 years. And I really, really hope that I am wrong because I want my son to be able to grow up and enjoy this world, to be actually be able to see things and experience life. But the way we headed, man, as human beings, we're doing it to ourselves. Mm. We're doing it to ourselves, man. And with all of that, man, with it, it just, I don't see it getting any better. Mm. 10 years from now, bro, let's just, let's just hope we're on the right side of history. That's all I can say. I mean, listen, first of all, we have no choice but to be on the right side of history. I think that I'm a little bit more glass half full and optimistic than you. I do think that it's going to get to the point where, all right, energy efficient vehicles, people are going to have to get off meat. I think it's going to get better in certain aspects, but I think that with just the media who controls the media and just certain images and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I kind of almost, you know, like you start thinking about like, is America really like the best place in the world to live in? It's like, yeah. if you really think about all the different places that we visited, thing, different people, different areas. Like I truly think that America has seen better days. Now for us black folk, I mean, we've mm -hmm. always kind of gotten the shit end of the stick. But I think there is hope. I'm, I have optimism. I'm just going to have an optimistic approach. Well, we have no choice. We have no choice yeah. but to, to hope for better. Yeah. We have no choice but to do that. But when you look around and you see people like Oprah buying an island, you know, Tyler Perry buying an island, do they know something we don't know? Listen, kudos to them for buying an island. I don't want to live around water like that because... But, but I mean, think about it. When the time comes, do you want to be here in America when that time comes? How do you want to have a self-sustaining island where you and your family can go, okay, and live out the next two to 500 years and be self-sustaining? Because trust me, they ain't, they ain't just buy an island and just land. Trust me. <laughs> and they got everything they need on that island. Remember yeah. back in the day before all this stuff happened, people used to build like little basements, fallout shelters up under their houses. Remember that? Yeah. Back in the day, Richard, we don't do that. They buy an island. Yeah, it's they all fun. And, it's all fun and games. So you build an island and isolate yourself from the world, and then all of a sudden, the pirates come and they take your shit. 
And so, like, they've done this before, okay? They've done this before, right? Me and my boy watch a lot of movies, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all can tell that. We watch a lot of movies. So. Vikings, Vikings, like, you get yourself on the island and, you know, think hey, you live in a good life. I'm going to security money can buy, baby. I'm telling you, I'm going to have electric fences up, eels, electric eels. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got to burn the boats to come and get me, buddy. Man, you got listen, to burn the boats. Listen, I'm going to find me a Tony Stark. I'm going to find me a Tony Stark. I'm going to be like, hey, create the Jarvis system, okay? Tell you what, man, let, let, let's go to a brighter subject, man. Yeah. <laughs> a doomsday. He was like, the world's ending and everybody's <laughs> life is going to be over and financial stress and oh, all kinds man. of... Yeah, let's just light, bro. All right, let's go to a lighter subject. What can a woman or a man do to stop their significant other from cheating? I think that communication rules the nation. First things first is being able to communicate your wants and this one, like what you want and what you don't want. It's one thing, what you like, what you don't like, what turns you on, what turns you off. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is another thing. Understanding that we are flawed human beings. If there's an issue and you acknowledge that there's an issue, then try to fix it. But you might even talk with your significant other and you might not even like each other. And it might be time for you to move on. But I feel like at the bottom of everything is communication. So a person might be for you and a person may not be for you, you know, but you never know unless you communicate it. Mm. So that's what I think. Let me leave this too before I go into my answer. Do you think cheating is hereditary? Do I think cheating is, I think that hoish tendencies are hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Is that I even think, a real phrase? Can you say that again? What, what is it now? Hoish tendencies? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the yeah, I I do. I do believe that if you don't really acknowledge that it's out there, okay? Mm-hmm. Like I almost want to say what I really want to say. Like I I don't know. It's the Southern gentleman, man. It's our man. show. Go ahead. I just know this, okay? I know a guy whose father was out there and the mm-hmm. father's mother was out there. Mm-hmm. And this person understands that his grandmother and his father have a certain type of energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so being able to transmute that energy, acknowledging that it's there, because mm-hmm. once you acknowledge that it's there, then you're able to channel it and there you go. correct it. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it is hereditary in certain aspects. If you can acknowledge it, if you try to brush it under the, you know, sweep it under the, the, the rug or whatever. I think sometimes why people cheat is because they settled in a situation. You know what I mean? Like they settled in a situation. Then they get what they think that they want. And then they like, well, this was only lust. You get past lust and it's just like, well, at least I can go back home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that people just have to be honest, honest communication, honest communication with themselves, honest communication with their partners. Everybody has needs and wants. You just have to talk it through. And then, hey, if you're in a relationship and it's working for some odd reason or whatever, then, hey, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason why I went to that second part of that question, as far as it being hereditary, that is so important. That's so important. I believe in every relationship, man. I employ every person in the sound of my voice. If you're going to get into a real serious relationship with somebody that you even have the simple notion of possibly even having a future with, you have to do your homework. Okay. You need to know this person's past. Okay. They're past, P-A-S-T, okay? They passed because a lot of times people are always going to show you who they are by where they came from and their environment 
and what they came out of. Now, people can change. I will say that people can change, but it's important for you to understand where that person came out of. If the person you with came from a family where the hoish tendencies were real and they seen it all the time, trust me, it's going to be hard to stabilize that individual that you are in a relationship with. I don't care how good you are in bed. I don't care how good of a talker you are in communication. I don't care about uh, how much money you bring it home. That person needs healing, okay? And you have to be willing to be in there for the long run. So when we ask the question, what can a man or a woman do to stop a significant other from cheating? Be patient. Put in the time. You cannot think that you can meet somebody and within two weeks, think you can marry them, think you can change. No, it ain't going to happen. You have to spend time with that person, learn their past, help them to get over that emotional baggage and scars that they have. Because if you don't, you will have, as they call, an habitual cheater on your hands. Yeah. That will multiple times do it to you over and over again. So before you take that final plunge and say, you know what, this is my life partner. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. You got to really observe. You got to put some major, major equity into your relationship, ladies and gentlemen. Put it in there. And there are some individuals who are smart enough to recognize who they are. They can look themselves right in the mirror and be like, you know what? I ain't ready. Yeah. So I'm not going to F your life up. Yeah. Self-awareness. Can, self-awareness. Yeah, self-awareness. Yeah. I can be with you. We can chill. We can do whatever. But look out. It just ain't going that far. Because yeah. I know me. Yeah. I know me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if I mess around and marry you, then you're going to look at me and want to kill me. And I don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> exactly. Again, if a person is being honest with themselves... Mm-hmm. I yeah. trust a person that is honest with themselves before Speaking. they are honest with me because, because it's self-awareness. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. you will never ever, when a person tells you who they are, you listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. If a person has been consistent, I like to think of myself as consistent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I can get in the rooms where I can still be me and not curse mm-hmm. or I can be me and still curse. Like yeah. there's no, yeah. like my energy is still going to be the same. I'm still going to be me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some people lack self-awareness. They lack that. They're afraid to really show who they really are. And then it's mm-hmm. just like you're wearing all these different costumes. It's like almost dating an actor or an actress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's working all the time. It's like, who, mm-hmm. who am I dating today? Or who, mm-hmm. who am I in bed with? But if you know that this person is the way that they are, mm-hmm. then hey, I agree. Communication and patience. Yeah, that's it. You got to have it. You got to have it, man, because... That person is trying to, you know, they they giving you a chance by saying, okay, you know, we'll mess around. I date you, you know, well, but I'm not ready to commit myself because if I commit myself, I'm going to screw you over. And to me, that's showing more love than actually jumping in and apologizing every three days after you done something messed up. Right. So, yeah. Again, it goes back to if you know what you're dealing with, mm-hmm. your fault. Yeah. Love that person. That's unconditional love. That's unconditional love. Like understanding that a person is going through something or has a certain type of whatever and Mm -hmm. loving them through it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, honestly, I trust a person like that more so than I'll trust a person who's trying to be a modern citizen. Like you see certain people, they always say the right things and they always I don't trust them. I trust a flawed person. I trust flawed beings, okay? Mm -hmm. If they know that they ain't, like, again, I get a little personal. 
like dealing with my father, like my biological father, if he would have been consistent with like he knows that he wasn't a good father and he knows he wasn't in his children's life, mm-hmm. I would be cool with him still. Mm-hmm. But the fact of like having this hypocrisy and he was parent shame and telling people how they should raise their children. You can't do that. You can't tell a person how to raise their child and you didn't raise any of them. You can't be a person out here speaking on other people's lives. And like, now, granted, I get it. They say a smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person le- learns from other people's mistakes. But mm-hmm. you can't be a person that contributed to a lot of people having daddy issues. And you can't be out here telling people how to raise their children and you ain't raised none, none of your, your own. You know what I mean? Like that, that right there, had he stayed consistent with being like, Hey, I was a horrible father. You know, Mm -hmm. I ain't shit, all this other stuff. I would have respected him a little bit more, but like being one way with me and then being another way on social media, I'm not for that. You know what I mean? Like that's a character flaw. That's hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I don't trust you. You're being Mm -hmm. fake. You're not who you really are. You're posing as one thing, but you're actually this person. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. I'm not with that. So that's why I really don't post like I want to on social media because first of all, I don't want them to to have a piece of me all the time, okay? Mm -hmm. Like if you really want to be my friend, if you really want to get to know me, you talk to me. You hit my phone up. You you get what I'm saying? You you come hang out, but I don't want a lot of people to come through like that anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But you get what I'm saying though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. So... I tell you, man, that subject right there, it can go a multitude of different ways, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Multiple ways it can go, man. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No doubt. This has been fun tonight, bro. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. A lot of doom and gloom, a lot of smiling, and some truth. Man, El Rico hit with the earth is going to be, it ain't going to be here in 10 years. Everybody's going to die. I'm like, goodness gracious. If we don't change our ways, people, somebody, let's think about it, man. We got to start. Yeah. We got to we got to start speaking because I'm telling you, man, like people take it for granted. It makes me so mad. It makes me so mad, man. And mama, if you listen to this, I love you, mama. I love you. I'll always say I love you. But mama, you can't use that many napkins every time you tear a napkin off, mama. And I tell you this when I see my mom, stop tearing the napkins off. I just use one. You go out to eat, don't tell eight or nine of them. Yeah. You know, I, I love your mama. I love your mama. Oh, that's something random. Just to add mm-hmm. to that, and it has it's in a whole different stratosphere. Okay. People that fall asleep with the TV on, you sent me that meme with things that, that is dumb, okay? Yes. When you sleep with the TV on, let me tell you yeah. what you're doing. You are going to sleep with the TV talking to your subconscious mind. Okay, Mm -hmm. like you're not conscious, right? You're not Mm -hmm. in your conscious state. You're sleeping. You have somebody telling you something all through the whole time that you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if you notice commercials get louder, everything is about manipulating your mind and always sliding past your conscious mind. Like you may not even be paying attention, but like all those commercials that we see. All those insurance commercials, like mm-hmm. Liberty, 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 mm-hmm. like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like all of these yeah. different commercials, like they're subconsciously, they going past your conscious mind, they, they're slipping right to your subconscious mind and they're telling you stuff. So when you wake up and you're like, man, I want to do such and such and such, it's because the TV you left on has told you all kinds of stuff while you were asleep. So mm-hmm. you have to be conscious of your subconscious mind. A lot mm-hmm. of people are not. Even when it comes to music, they hit a beat and they're like, oh, that beat, that's dope. But mm-hmm. they don't understand, like, the beat has gotten past the conscious mind and mm-hmm. those actual words. 
You are what you eat. You are what you listen to. You are what you consume. So if you listen to ratchet music, guess what? If you listen to it all day, every day, guess what? Mm -hmm. That's what you are. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah, you are what you what you put into your body, man. I get up in the morning, and when I do my gym workouts in the morning, I put ET on. Eric yeah. Thomas, yeah. Eric Thomas feeds me yeah. like motivation. He feeds me like drive, yeah, hunger. You know, he gives that to me. If I got up in the morning, I put on <laughs> little Uzi Bird. Yeah, little Uzi Bird, a uh, little dirt, man. I'll be riding around thinking about knocking on women, man. I ain't gonna lie, that- man, bro. Bro, at one point I was listening to uh like Jeezy. Like, mm-hmm. bro, I, I grew up in the hood, but like at one point I'm like, first of all, like, why do I want to sell dope? And I ain't never sold dope. <laughs> like, like, why do I want to, you know, like my I had cars that looked like dope boys. Like, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The music. I used to he said, I used to hit the kitchen lights, cockroaches everywhere. Hit the kitchen lights now, there's marble floors everywhere. Gee, uh, Jesus shit. Like, come on, bro. Like all that stuff. So yeah. yeah, it kills me too, man. Because now look at our look at our youth, man. Like my kids, okay. I can always use my kids as an example, and I throw them out there. Get mad if we want two kids. I don't care. But y'all, look here. My kids are suburban raised kids. Yeah, suburban raised kids. Malachi, yeah. privileged King, privileged Mariah. She's with my mama. Another story. Yeah, Rico, privileged. Yeah, y'all live in a half million dollar home. Yeah, marble floor, all that stuff. And then y'all listen to NBA Young Boy and be like, I'm feeling that. I just be like, what you feeling? Yeah. You can't relate to none of that. Nah, nah. <laughs> you can't relate to none nah. of that. And these kids nowadays, man, I'm like, you know, they walk around with their hair dreaded up and, you know, they had their little skinny jeans on. And, yeah. you know what I mean? They be like, they living, trying to live what they hear on the album. Living vicariously through the music. Yo, and I'm like, nah. you ain't going through none of that. Uh-uh. I'm like, uh-uh. you get allowance every week. Right. <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah. You ain't, out here, right. you ain't turning tricks. You know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> no doubt. That's funny. That's funny. The birds. <laughs> Man, come on. Yeah. So no. I mean, like again, treat your mind mm-hmm. like a garden. You want to plant seeds. You want to nurture your mind. You want to always feed it positive images, positive mm-hmm. words. You always want to keep your brain sharp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Always learning. When I'm not writing, I am reading. And when I'm not reading, I am watching. And when I'm not watching, I'm writing. I'm always in one of those states of like always doing something. So. Dang, and that's something, man. You know what? I think the more this show goes on, man, the more that we're going to show how older we're getting. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way you could have told an 18-year-old me that true, you know what's keep roaches in the ashtray. Yeah. You know, listening to Master P. Yeah. You know, pass me the green and need some weed with my Hennessy. Oh, like you, yeah. you know, there was no way you could say the 18 year old me riding around in my hatchback Dodge Omni, yeah, yeah, bumping yeah. Master P and Silk the Shocker. Oh, yeah. GRU, yeah, yeah. you tell me to read, I'm gonna look at you like, man, please, I'll come on, man. Yeah, uh. yeah. No, honestly, I think that <laughs> if somebody would sat me down at 18 and would have been like, listen, you are a smart kid, you should mm-hmm. like sharpen it. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. because you think about it, the average American reads one book a year. Average yes. reads average. one book a year. That's okay? average. Yeah. Average. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've read more in three months than some will in five months. I mean, five years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. Be smarter, think smarter, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts. Like, yeah, yeah enriching, like enriching your mind, enriching your life. 
It kills know? me, man. The people in the South, they'd be like, yeah, man, I have an own podcast. What's, what's a podcast? Man. Uh, it's where you listen to auditorily people, you know, speak of truth and things that's going on, you know, intelligently, you know, through the airwaves. Oh, is it like YouTube? No, no, no it ain't YouTube. There's no you listening to it, you know, and it, it kind of. OK, never mind. Just yeah. Go watch some more BET. Tyler Perry got a new one out. So it's a dollar. What is it? Tyler Perry presents Medea walked outside. Let me get to that point. <laughs> Ooh, I love that one. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> but. Do you have anything else there, buddy, Ro? As far as subjects, no. The only other thing I got before you go into your last spiel is always, man, thank you, each and every person, man, who takes up their time and listens to this podcast, supporting us. As we continue to grow, man, bear with us because we're going to get better and better and better every single episode, man. So tell your friends about us. We're here. Three platforms. Never lost. You know who we are. No doubt. No doubt. And everything wraps up to us needing reparations in our community so that we can stop listening to Lil Uzi Vert and all these different rappers who they don't present anything to us. They don't make us smarter. They don't make us better. We're making them richer listening to their music or whatever. I'm not saying not support your artists or whatever, but empower the right people, okay? Stop empowering people who do nothing for you. That's all I got to say about that. And there you have it. Another one in the can. I am your boy, Torthel Robinson. And I am the Notorious. We didn't even talk about sports tonight. And I didn't even mention my wife, manager of the year, El Rico. <laughs> we going to wrap it back up next <laughs> Thursday on this sports. But we out of here, yo. Tight <laughs> <Kyan>, peace. <laughs>